Lots and lots of voice notes coming in to answer the quiz question. We'll play those a little later on in the show. Keep your voice notes coming in to us or your text messages 0614-104-107. But right now, we're going to talk cricket. And I'm joined on the line by former Proteus leg spinner and also former Lions leg spinner, Eddie Lee. Eddie, it's been a while. I haven't spoken to you for ages. How are you? And welcome to the show. Hey, Michael, nice to hear your voice. Well, yes, it's been ages indeed. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Nice to hear your voice. Wonderful. You've already lifted me so much with your enthusiastic answer. Eddie, I just want to, just for listeners who don't know about your career, of course, you made your T20 debut for South Africa in 2015 against Bangladesh and a man of the match performance, taking three for 16 on debut. What do you remember even now, eight years later, uh, about that evening? I will never, ever forget that, man. I'll never forget that. I remember, to be honest, I remember praying there, uh, you know, because I had met the team from, uh, I was coming from, straight from the Caribbean, met the team there in, in Bangladesh, and I remember praying, looking past my window when the team was in the pool, I remember praying there, saying, God, you know what, you know what, I'm playing against the people that are my heroes. Please let me not embarrass myself in this game, you know, and can you please help me become one of the, literally, I prayed like that. And I went there and I became an ultimate, it was just a surprise, man, and, and, and you know, we thankful that we had such experience in my life. Fantastic. And, and good things happened, obviously, after that. But tonight, Eddie, I specifically want to chat to you as a, as a cricket person through and through about the women's game and how well the South African cricket team have, have been doing recently, but particularly the announcement that we got yesterday, which sort of came out of the blue, about Shabnim Ismail, who's carried the attack for South Africa in South African women's cricket for so many years in a 16-year stellar career. She announced her retirement, joining a long list of names that have recently retired from the women's game. Just give us your recollections of what you remember about Shabnim Ismail's key performances in her career. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the most recent one, I would say that bowling one of the fastest ballmen that has been bowled in women's cricket, bowling 128 kilometers per hour in that semi-final against England in Cape Town. You know, for me, I think that was the, that was great. I mean, she always had a BMT, you know, big match temperament. Mm -hmm. She always, you know, performed when we needed her. So for me, that's one of the things I probably remember uh, about her. You know, that fastest cricket ball. But however, being a match winner for South Africa, I mean, like, uh, you know, her rhythm, you know, her, you know. A faultless rhythm when she's coming into ball like that, you know. I think for me, you know, she she would actually do well as well if she played, if, if they were allowed to play in, in the men's game. I think she would have also mm. have done well. I think for me, I mean, she 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 she, she was a seventh of a game, and I mean, like taking what is that, 191 wickets um, in the yes, ODI, in ODIs. In the world. Correct. I think that was great. Of course. You know? uh, so yes, uh, Eddie, I was going to ask you together in in that opening attack. I mean. Other women's teams from around the world, other women's cricketing nations used to hate fa batting against South Africa because you had Shabnim Ismail at the one end and either Marizan Kapp or Ayabonga Kaka bowling at the other end. That's huge pressure from both ends at the start of the innings. Yes, yes. I think uh, there's a lot of international women that they should be happy with this retirement. I mean, like, you've got your consistent Ayabonga Kaka there, you know, line and length and a bit of a bounce on her bowling. And also you've got Marizan Cup as well, you know, who was number one in the in the, in the the ODIs. And you've got those attacks. I mean, I think for me, Michael, I think it's, you know, it, it, that good things do come to an end. I mean, we had five women retiring recently as well. Mm. I mean, recently we got Minyang uh, uh, Prayer, we got... Uh, Trisha Chetu was a keeper, and now Ismail. Those are the women that started the first wave of women's professionalism cricket in South Africa, and all of them now they are retired. I guess maybe we had a, a trend, you know, of the up and coming ones. Also, we can have new uh, Shukmin's uh, Ismail coming through into the game, man.
So it's really sad for us for her retirement, but also a good thing for women's cricket. Absolutely. You mentioned those names. Let's just discuss them briefly. Uh, Lizelle Lee, of course, that a powerhouse at the top of the innings, a player who could get innings off to great starts, very, very powerful hit to the ball and excellent at the top of the order. Like to go over the top as well. Mignon Dupria, your stability unit, uh, to borrow a term from Gavin Lane in soccer, because she was she used to stabilize the innings at the top of the order, perform so well and mm. just keep things ticking on. Trisha Chetty, you mentioned, of course, wicked keep off notes, who's been a stalwart in the South African side also opened the batting on a number of occasions. And then Dane Fanikek, who, of course, we know all of this, the drama around Dane Fanikek and exclusion from the, the recent World Cup. But she announced her retirement as well. Leg spin of notes and also a powerful hitter at the top of the order. And there's a possibility that Marizan Cup could be nearing the end of her career as well. Together with Shabnim Ismail, that's a huge chunk of the, of the South African strength over the years that has now been removed. But I suppose, Eddie, it opens doors for youngsters to come through and stake their claim. Definitely. Uh, I, I was thinking as well this morning that, hey, seeing uh, Shitnan, uh, you know, retiring, probably Marzan Cup also, she's quite close, you know. And also you must understand, um, we've got another one. I think she was number one in the T20 uh, recently this year. I think she's a fantastic spinner, you know. I mean, mm. the guile, the turn, you know, uh, the drift that she bowls with. I mean, the five weapons of a spinner you know, the turns, the bounds, you know, uh, and all of those things, consistently. She has all of those. So I think she's got the attributes of, you know, being one of the best spinners that we'll have in the in, in the game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that will be covered. But for me, I just think that we lost a lot of good batsmen of medal order. We also lost, uh, you know, our fast bowler. So it's going to be quite tough for women to recover from that, you know, Michael. And lastly, what I wanted to say to you is that um, the wave of women's cricket franchises around the world, I think that's, one, that's the one that is actually you know, uh, uh, forcing most of our women to retire, you know, to make themselves fresh for those competitions because I think our huge uh, risk now in South Africa is to professionalize the women's game, you know, so that we can pay them big money, get huge sponsors as well because now, you know, it's franchises versus us. I think that's chalk and cheese, man. Mm. Uh, you make a really good point that was actually going to be my next question to you but I'll deviate from it slightly mm -hmm. because I want to ask you about the success of the women's team earlier this year at the T20 World Cup held, of course, in South Africa. The men's team have never reached the final of any World Cup in any format. And suddenly you have the women's team knocking out England in the semi-final and then going so close against Australia. What do you think that tournament did for South African women's cricket in particular? No, I think for us it gave us confidence. I mean, if you look, I mean, how many uh, how many semifinals have a woman being you know we've been knocked out of? I mean, she should by Ismail she should also be uh, uh, you know part in her career because she played in about I think three semifinals in the 50 over semifinals. Yes, I mean correct. she did well. You know, in South Africa has done well. But for me, I just want us us to go a, a bit further. You know, and probably maybe win the World Cup because I mean we've been in semifinals for such a long time. I think you know that little C word that we normally have, the choking tag. You mm. know, I thought maybe, hey, we'll win the final and probably, you know, we'll get confidence in that. And most, I did anticipate, to be honest with you, that if, should we have won that World Cup, a lot of women would have retired, you know. So for me, I think we'll have confidence in that those that are played in that final will have confidence. They would know how high it takes to be in the world stage and also uh, be in the finals and the pressure that comes with it and they would actually get used to it. And obviously, that can only do them well coming into maybe if we should we go to the next World Cup Absolutely. final. 
Correct, 100%. I agree with you entirely. You mentioned Mlaba, obviously a spinner with huge quality and the, all the weapons of a spinner, and you are as qualified as anybody to talk about that, Eddie. Uh, also at the top of the order, Laura Volfart. She's just a youngster still. We forget that she's still young. She's still in her early 20s, setting the world alight, doing fantastically in the game. Ta Tasman Brits had a wonderful World Cup, both in the field and as an opening batter. And you've got all these, these great young talents coming through the, the system and starting to make their name in world cricket and now they've got openings in the team where they can stake a claim they have to be uh, michael they have to be i mean i mean for example right um we had said that what, what those would have done you know those would have done that the people that are coming out in the team the new girls that will come into the team they would understand that this is the team that set um the bar very high you know that's a, a very high standards for themselves and you if you have like at least six or seven players that have played in the world cup you know that will be in the team still, they'll be the engine room of the team. So the youngsters that will come, they will see the standard that is set by Hilton Moreng, the coach, the standard that is set by the uh, your Lara Wolfard, your Arabonka Kak and stuff like that. And they'll try to, their skill will actually catch up to those players that are already there because that's why it's more important that we win competitions in the country. I mean both in the men's team and the women's team. Once you do that, then actually that will make the skills of those that are coming to catch up to that level and play in that particular level. Correct, Eddie. Totally agree. Exactly. Let's go back to what you were saying earlier about all the, the opportunities that are opening up around the world in the, the Women's Premier League, the 100 in England, the WBBL, the Women's Big Bash League in Australia. There are all these leagues starting all over the world. And as you say, giving players a bit of a dilemma. Do they stay contracted to their to their country and sign a national contract or do they go and earn a lot of money while their careers are still on the go and pocket lots and lots of money playing in these different tournaments around the world and obviously for Shabnim Ismail she's decided she's given a lot of service to South African cricket it's time for her to devote her time between her family and playing in these various leagues around the world and I think a lot of players as you say are following suit certainly it happens in the men's game a lot so why not in the women's game as well well, it has to happen. I mean, like, she's 34, you know, and, and also when you're 34, maybe the body's not the same as it used to be. You know what I'm saying? You still love the game. You want to play the game, but now she has a new format in the franchise cricket that allows you to, you know, to play a T20 and get compensated in six weeks, the money that you could have got in a year in your national contract and you still do what you love, so why not? Mm. You know, I'll give you a simple, uh, I'll give you an example, uh, a personal example, uh, Michael. In 20, I think it was 2016, in 2016, no, 2015, you know, I got offered a, uh, like they call it a max contract, the highest you can earn in South Africa cricket domestic. I got offered, I think at the time it was like 630,000, I can't remember, a year per annum. Eh? Right. And I got uh, offered by St. Lucia Zooks 50,000 US dollars in six weeks. Wow. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, okay, in, I just got my franchise contract, you know, because uh, uh, I did well, and this is the big money that I've ever earned in my life. And now all of a sudden, in six weeks, the Caribbean Premier League, they come, they give you 50,000 US dollars, which is about 800,000 in right. six weeks. So for myself, I'm saying, if I can play all these things around the world and still have a break, because the tournament is only like, but two months or you're there for three months and you're done, I yes. could have done it then. But obviously the passion and the love of the game allows you to play. So similarly, with the women, you know, they would have seen that, you know what, uh, Danny Pretorius did the same, that, you know, I can end the same money. I can be able to, you know, to, 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 to support my family and still play what I love and, you know, have more break. You know, ABD Willis also complained about him, the body being, you know, before his retirement, the body being sore and stuff like that. So, yeah, it will be a challenge with us, you know, against the U.S. dollar and the rent and, and all of that stuff. So the woman will, you know, I'll play the game, but however, you know, um, I'll go play my franchise and end the money and spend time with family. So I think that's, 
that's a challenge for us to actually raise the women professionalism to make them earn more so that uh, uh, the money in these leagues don't look you know lucrative to them mm. Absolutely. It's a key point. And I think we, we're getting close to that announcement of s- sort of equal or at least semi-equal prize money for, for men and women in the various leagues. Just a final question for you. I'd like to find out from you if, if you do know the answer to this. In terms of the structures from school level, college, university level, in terms of women's cricket, are there structures being put in place to, to provide the feeder system for these players to come through and ultimately represent the national team? I think for me, there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, I think um, us being in the finals, obviously it has, it has brought a lot of women, young girls actually, um, getting into the game of cricket. It has done that, you know. So the, now the challenge is for Cricket South Africa to actually put structures around, you know, the mini cricket, you know, and, and, and you know, putting, I think now there was under-19 World Cup that we had a South African team there. You know, in Northwest, actually in Pochistrum, we've got a, a, a under-19 bowler. You know, there's, there's women, there's young girls that are coming through the system. The question is that how do we retain them in the system? Do we have a, a scholarships, you know, a bursaries, get them to schools. You know, is there a, a girls' league around in school? So for me, I don't think there's that yet, you know, because most young girls that are talented, they, they start playing with, uh, with with boys as well, and only when they get to under-19 level, they practically against other women from other provinces. I think for me, done in that case. It must be a woman's academy. There's a woman's academy, the senior one, but maybe like under-19 academy, under-15 and under-15 tournaments. I think there's still a lot, a lot of work to be done in that, and actually we owe our women's cricket that. Eddie, always great to chat cricket with you and it's been a long, long time. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thank you so much for your thoughts and best of luck with everything going forward that you are doing in your life. We'll hopefully have you back on the show at some point in the future. Thank you for your time, sir.